Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bugs. everybody and welcome back to the Bill Buds podcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC, with me as always. I fear, I fucking fear the day that this person is not with me because that will mean I'm doing this, what, by myself or God forbid with a co-host, it'll be Arnie Parrott. And, and that <laughs> terrifies me. The idea terrifies me. I miss him already. I'm talking about him being gone. I'm starting to miss him. I'm starting to have an emotional reaction. My co-host with the mo-host JJO, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how are you? I'm great. And I think it's great that you you picked my successor, so I should pick your successor. Please, yes, of course. Uh, Arnie Parrott. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Claire. Claire, we love that you listen. Uh, <laughs> please text Arnie that he was mentioned at the top of the episode. He won't have to scroll that deep. What if... And I don't, I don't know if she'd be up for this. What if you die, I die... We get Arnie Parrott and Casey McQuillan in here. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's a podcast. Now that's a podcast. Two people who actually know what they're talking about. Johnny, it leads me to a very important question because I thought about you leaving. I thought about you walking away from the show. What's your fuck you? What's your going away? Like, what has to change in your life for you to say, Bill Bud's podcast? I don't need this shit anymore. Is it an um, amount of money? Is it inheriting a boat? Like, what what is gonna get? What's gonna get you out of here? I it there is I'll tell you the day that we hit 500 <laughs> facers and I had to eat a Garth bowl I'm out <laughs> oh god yeah I guess for me if I had to pick it would be the day we hit 500 patrons and I had to eat a Garth bowl I guess that one for me as well I would fucking leave I would hate but to then, that but then Arnie and Casey will have to eat Garth bowls <laughs> that's true they instantly inherit the show and then we put the clause in there that they have to eat a Garth bowl <laughs> Just like that movie, The Garth Bowl Clause. Oh, my God. Uh, When Tim Allen slowly becomes a Garth Bowl. (laughs) I love that movie. A Christmas classic. But we're not not there yet, Johnny. We're still in September. This is the last Bill Buds podcast of September. And boy, oh, fucking boy, do we have a duty. (laughs) We do. We have a duty. And that duty is to talk about (laughs) this album. (laughs) And it's a doozy of an album. It is a doozy of an album as well, Johnny. And I, I was thinking in my brain, I was like, we're talking about Garth Bowles. I think that this might be technically our second dip into the world of country music besides the Garth Brooks album that we did. I think so. I think it is. I think this might be Garth Bowles very germane to the topic at hand because we are talking about the, I guess, pretty much brand new. It came out this month. Uh, fifth studio album, fifth studio album? I believe the fifth studio album. Why Why wouldn't I have prepared to know that if I was going to be talking about it? From Casey Musgraves, this is Starcrossed. Johnny, I'm excited about this album. I'm excited to talk to you about this album. Same. Were you anticipating, or I'm not anticipating, but eagerly awaiting the drop of this album? Because I'll be honest, ever since I heard it coming out a couple months ago, I was like... Very, very, very much looking forward to it. Um, no, but that's okay. I uh, Jessica loves Casey Musgraves for sure, 
I am not a huge fan in general. I think she's good at what she does. It's just not for me. Um, we did see. I've seen her live. It was a great show. She did a great. She did a great show. But I don't find myself really turning to to Casey Musgraves when I want to listen to music. Can I can I ask you, Johnny? Because I've never seen Casey Musgraves live, but I have seen um, some of her videos, which we will talk about today. How is she charisma wise on stage? She no, the normal amount. Normal nothing, amount. Okay. Nothing. I I wasn't blown away, and I wasn't um, unblown away. Okay. She can be a little non-emotive, I would say, in, in mm. some of her videos. So I was just wondering if if she changed that up on stage, or if that's just kind of is is it like a stylistic choice or personality choice or what? I'll tell you, I saw. Arctic Monkeys years ago. I okay. might have mentioned this on the show before. They're one of my favorite bands. They were incredible live. They sounded amazing. Zero stage presence. Yeah. It was it was wild. That's rough. I, I mean, it, I feel like music is such a like experiencing live music is just experiencing music in such a different way and when a band has like especially a band like Arctic Monkeys, you know, uh, that can really jam out comes at you with like no presence it's certainly interesting it's it's it, yeah. it's off-putting in a way yeah it was it was weird it was weird because they were so good but then it was like sure which is maybe maybe harsh because they're a band not a not a, a blue collar comedy tour you know yeah and they're not you know a musician is not an actor you know so it's like when when someone's videos are like a little flat or something, I'm like, yeah, you, that's not, you're a singer. Like you're, you're writing this music. You're not, yeah. I don't need you to be like, you know, um, Brad freaking damn pit up there. <laughs> I'll say the, the only time it's inexcusable is of course when it's Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to hold people to a different standard, uh, based on arbitrary, uh, reasons that's something that we have to do here on the yeah. show. Uh, now, Johnny, I'll say that my experience with Casey Musgraves was, again, I'm not a country music fan, but I would say that I am a Casey Musgraves music fan. Okay. Um, I got uh, very into um, her 2018, I believe, album Golden Hour, mm-hmm. uh, which we will not be discussing on the show today, uh, but that was my entry point uh, for Casey Musgraves. And then I kind of discovered her back catalog uh, going back to 2013 after that. And um, I, I feel like it's very much... My, it's like, you know, light on the country stuff. It's kind of like, a, it feels like, a you know, the way that Taylor Swift is kind of country. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it just t- toe dipping. But also, the, she's got some real country stuff. And, and uh, she loves Christmas music, too. I think she's already put out two Christmas albums as well. She has. Yeah. I, I um, we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I will say, I don't know. This album definitely strays away from country more than her other albums, I would say. Yeah, and it's um, this album. It's hard to do this because this album, uh, devoid of the context of Golden Hour, this is the only time I think on the show that I will say maybe listen to her album, her 2018 album Golden Hour before you listen to this album because I feel like they do kind of tell two sides of a relationship Mm. and it's important i think for context when listening to this um and then i'll just add kind of a blanket uh, and maybe not even like a trigger warning just like a content warning that this is another breakup album um that we will be listening to uh in the vein um of olivia rodrigo which we recently did on the show uh which just that they're both kind of about relationships ending in, in very different ways but um 
I don't know if you if there's a if you go through an emotional rough time, this could be a heavier album for for people. Yeah. Um, r- real quick, I l- I looked back to see where I was first introduced to her, and and Jessica actually started listening to her with her album, same trailer, different park. Um, so I don't what think year, she what year is same trailer, that, different park? That's her second album or first? Second. Uh, well, uh, the ma- it was her major label debut. Got it. That was in 2013. I don't yep. think Jessica Jessica probably started listening in like 2015 or 2016. So that's okay. when I started. started that makes sense. It. That makes sense. That's all. And again, we won't talk about that album. We're only talking no. about Starcrossed. So quit asking. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. This thing, this bad boy, um, clocking in at 15 songs, 47 minutes and 32 seconds. Johnny, this debuted debuted at number three on the Billboard uh, 200. We haven't had enough data to tell how long it'll be there or if it's changing spots or whatever. Um, interesting fact, Golden Hour, which won like five Grammys, didn't go higher than number four. Wow. So, so this one debuted higher than Golden Hour, which is, hmm. uh, which is wild. That is wild. Uh, and then what do you think? 15 songs, 47 minutes and 32 seconds? I feel like that's pretty good clip. Yeah. Yeah, I there were uh, looking looking through my notes, skimming and scanning, maybe only one or two tracks where I was like, okay, let's pick up the pace a little here. But otherwise, yeah, it is it is a pretty good pretty good clip. Yeah, and then there I think there are some like two minute tracks on here, and then a couple longer ones as well. So that it's it's varied. But when I saw fifteen songs, forty seven minutes and thirty two seconds, I know that this is everyone's favorite part of the show is when we dissect how long a song should be. But I was pretty I was pretty happy with that length. Well, do you have you ever? Um, I know sometimes even for like, I mean, cause I was like a, a fucking freak with star Wars, but I didn't even want to know the runtime of the movies before I saw them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't watch. I mean, I, I rarely watch trailers for anything, um, for any movies, especially because if you don't go to the movies anymore, trailers are pretty easy to avoid. Um, for instance, the other day, Mariah put the mate, the new matrix trailer on Bluetooth through the kitchen speaker and was watching it on her phone and I was like listening to it and I was like, stop, like get it off the Bluetooth. Like I don't want to listen to it like this. And she was like, I can't. It's on the thing. I don't know. And I was There's like, no I don't it. like this. Uh but I, I, I will typically avoid pretty much anything about a movie trailer, runtime, you know, uh who's in it, uh title, uh, before I see it. I think that that tends to work out better for me. But now if you, you watch a movie the, if you watch you a movie on the like, title? How <laughs> no, do you, how I do you I don't know what the title. But if you watch a movie now, like on streaming services, it just says, like, when you load it up, it's like the year and the runtime. And I'm like, eh. sometimes if I don't give a shit about the movie, I do want to know how much of a commitment is this thing, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it's a movie I care about, I don't want to know. I'll tell you, the DVD for the film Barton Fink. Why? Um, <laughs> the The DVD menu spoils the climax of the movie it just plays the climax of the movie while you're like doing your you know play movie scene selection special features dvd menu selections i am so fucking glad we got rid of those we didn't need them society did not need them what a what a what a thing what a thing what a time to be alive um but we're talking about a time to be alive in 2021 so uh, we, we we'll get into this album johnny and before we do we got to say so casey musgraves i think got divorced d- during the pandemic um mm-hmm. so this is a album very much about that divorce and it kind of like tells the story of that divorce uh in a way that is you know uh, i feel like 
it's not one of those albums like Olivia Rodrigo where she was wronged and it was like very much like I was wronged and this is how. It very much tells the story of kind of like a complicated adult relationship that falls apart for a variety of reasons and like no mm-hmm. one's really to blame or there are like specific things to blame, but it's like it doesn't really place a lot of fault, I would say. Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. It was time for them to eat their Garth bowls and they said... No, thanks. We want to do these in separate houses because I truly can't look someone in the eye that I've had sex with and eat a Garth Bowl at the same time. It just does not work. Oh, they were, yeah, they were going to try and fucking eat the Garth Bowls at the same time. Big mistake. Big mistake. Uh, You know, that doesn't work out. Um, Okay, Johnny, let's get into this album. Let's talk about it. This is track one. Every track in this album is all lowercase. Um, This is Starcrossed. Let me set the scene. Ripped right at the seams. They woke up from the perfect dream, and then the darkness came. I signed the papers yesterday. You came and took your things away. Moved out of the hallway, made and gave you back your name. I like that line. Yeah, it's fun. What have we done to fly too high just to get burned by the sun? No one's All right, well, that is a little bit of uh, Star Cross, which is kind of like the album opener. And it, it feels in a way like it's not going to be like a full track. Like it's just going to be like mm-hmm. this like kind of like thematic opener thing. But it's like, you know, it's a three minute song. Like it's an actual like song song, um, yeah. which I kind of wasn't. It's it, it basically it feels like one of those openers, but just maybe flushed out a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It's it's this is kind of like the thesis statement of the album. It's very much it's very yeah. much like on the nose. This is what I will be telling you in this album. Yeah, the the um, I really like the classical guitar in this. I think that's like really f- just fun. Yeah, I mean the the guitars that you will hear in this: a baritone guitar, a nylon string guitar, a harp. Like they, sh- there's like four types of guitars that are being played on this album, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the, I don't know if the, you felt this way too, but the the outro sounded very like Muse to me. Interesting. Now I, I'm not as big of a Muse uh, head as you. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> I assume that we will. Uh, so I'll have to take your word for it. Th- this this song too. This this intro song. It has kind of like a trippy vibe to it. Yeah. Like there's there's like a trippy dreamy thing that's kind of happening in this album, and it's literally. Like parts of this album are inspired by a mushroom trip that Casey Musgraves uh, that took, and so that th- that trippiness is very intentional. But it also feels like somehow, sometimes, like when an emotional wound is still very raw, like you have to kind of like treat it like more tenderly than you w- would be able mm. to. It kind of feels like there's like a tri- the trippiness is like an emotional distance somehow in it as sure. well that gives it more like this like 
magical quality or even that gives it this quality of like it happened to someone else it happened to this you know character and in, in the songs but it's like no it did it did happen to you mm-hmm. yeah it's also funny that like stark like starcross makes it feel so grand like uh-huh. the 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 only other context where i ever think of any starcross lovers is romeo and juliet which apparently is where the the term was coined which i didn't realize yeah well i i knew that because i of course played romeo and shakespeare in the park uh in what, greenwood indiana wow yeah. oh, oh boy uh this was in college when i was in college it's when i had to kiss a 14 year old who was playing juliet and uh the director of that show now deceased um was like really get the poison off of his lips and i was like I'm dead. It's in the park. Do we have to do this? What are we doing? So, here? so you did. You performed the Zeffirelli version in the park. <laughs> uh, but I, the, another line that I really love in this is the in the chorus that no one's to blame because mm-hmm. we said this is maybe the thesis statement of the album, and it truly is. Like they're exploring a relationship that is not really about like being betrayed or anything like that. They're just. It's just about how like. Things don't work out. You know, we flew too close to the sun. We got burned. Maybe we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, The whole idea of star-crossed lovers is that, like, you know, the fates had kind of decided that this wasn't going to work out. It was destined to fail type of thing. And that's kind of what's being explored. Yeah. I really like this as an opener. I mean, it tells you exactly what type of album you're about to listen to. And it's very much just, like, strap in because... This is going to be about my divorce, and and <laughs> and I. She had a quote that when she was talking about this album and making it, where she was like, "Look, I got divorced. It was a huge thing for me, and I couldn't just put out an album where I'm like glossing over that, especially because of what like um, Golden Hour is all about, kind of falling in love, and you just can't like it has this has to be, and I I get that. I think that that's like that make it makes sense to me. It makes sense why this album is the way it is. Yeah, I, I I gotta say, as someone who is not divorced, I yet I, I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I I can't imagine getting divorced and not this podcast would be very not fun to listen to for a very long time. I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, <laughs> you know, an important relationship ending, uh, whether it's a, a friendship, a relationship with a parent, whatever, it affects you. It it, it changes you, and it's like you as an artist. I I feel like you have to be kind of true to that, and it, like all those, like kind of like with Taylor Swift, they're like, wow, it's like she makes her best music when she's like getting cheated on by dudes and stuff like that. It's like. Not necessarily. She also, you know, made like folklore and stuff when she was in like a very stable place. But the the your experiences as an artist, especially, you know, uh, I think like an artist in uh, the American context definitely changes you because that that's going to be channeled through your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry about it, Johnny, because this podcast is already not that fun to <laughs> do or listen to. Uh, let's talk about track two. Uh, this is Good Wife. Just 
All right, that is a little bit of Good Wife. One thing that I love, I mean, I, 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 I'll be honest, I love Casey Musgraves' voice. Uh, this album, they especially in this uh, song, they do so much like production stuff to her mm-hmm. voice, and it sounds really cool. And I, I think it's such a like a fun, interesting choice to take, you know. Uh, uh, truly a voice that needs no production. And we will see some songs in this album um, where, where that is the case. Uh, but then to add that, like, you know, computerized, auto-tune-y, yeah, whatever this, sound, it is. this sounded like auto-tune. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked the auto-tune in this. And it was like, the chorus was not what I was expecting at all, mm-hmm. sound-wise, mm-hmm. And, and I really loved it. Yeah, the the everything I think is working really well on this one production wise. I love the synth. I love the bass oh, on yeah. this thing. Um, this is another I, one that's it's got that dreamy that dreaminess exactly. And and that I think is in part because this is early days in the relationship. She's talking about being the good wife. She's talking about, of course, wouldn't be Casey Musgraves' album if she didn't have a reference to like uh, smoking a bowl uh, because the girl loves pot. Let's that, just be honest. That when I heard that line, I was like. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like I, it just felt very like I I don't I don't uh, I don't smoke a, enough pot to say that I do really, but I feel like okay, okay. saying what like I can pack him a bowl. That's like how a cop talks to me, <laughs> you know. Like I well, I, I don't think people say that really. She's from Texas, so she's like fifty percent cop anyway. That's but, true. But I do think that I mean Casey Musgraves really got her name as being like this like counterculture pro weed country singer, mm-hmm. you know, um, w- which is very interesting. I, I really love the cultural space that she occupies yeah. in that way. Um, but you know, it's 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 one of her albums, so she has to kind of include that she's still. She's still down with Mary Jane uh, in, a, in a big way. Um, I also love <laughs> how in the, 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 the chorus switches from um, how uh, he needs me to later in the song, how I need him. Um, you it, love I think that. That's, that's a very interesting kind of progression there. She does that a couple other times in this. And this just really explores like what it means to be a good wife and like what, what that means in conceptually and then what that means like in reality and how mm. those two things are so different and i as a child of divorce i love that idea because i know that that like is such a there's so much cultural friction um especially from especially from our parents generation with what it meant to be like married from watching their parents to what the reality was and then for like our generation from watching our parents and a lot of I know a lot of my contemporaries are children of divorce as well so it's just like it it, it truly is like very interesting to see that played out yeah yeah it it it, it is it's also interesting how it's like I I am also a not a child of divorce an adult you're an adult divorce. of divorce yeah yeah but it seems like a lot of our contemporaries waited a very long time to get married because we are all children of divorce. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and uh, economically, things are a little bit different sure. from uh, fucking other boomers uh, who had a little bit of an easier time with, like, you know, marriage. Well, kids, maybe houses. if we weren't spending all this time packing our bowls full of frappuccinos and guacamole <laughs> toasts. <laughs> uh, but I love this song. I think Good Wife, very good. I, I, yeah, I was a, very much nice... into this guy. This is a nice one, as that chorus especially. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see it again and again, but I think that she does uh, definitely know how to um, uh, write some really catchy choruses. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Cherry Blossom. This is track three. Cherry Blossom 
This one's interesting too because I feel like if you gave this to someone, you were like, "Yeah, this is Casey Musgraves. This is a she's a country artist," and they listen to this song, they would be like, "What? Like what, what country? Do you mean? Japan? <laughs> she's a Japanese country artist." Uh, <laughs> oh, that tickled me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. I mean it definitely has like uh, you know um, more of an Asian sound to it. She's mentioning Tokyo. It's about cherry blossoms, so it's like. Yeah, it just feels like very atypical for for her. Mm-hmm. The I the um I don't I don't fully know what this song is about, but it's it's nice. I like cherry blossoms. I like Tokyo. Um, I will say the the sort of Asiany, vaguely Asian sound gave me pause. I, I think as it is right to do, like as it always is. I I my take on this song, Johnny, is what she was going for was the the whole reason why people love the cherry blossoms and uh, why they're like a cultural, mm-hmm. um, even outside of Japan, why they like they're like known, right? Yeah, it's because of how like um imper- impermanent they Ephemeral. are. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. They 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 blo- they blossom quick. They blow away. If you if you have the fortune to like visit uh, or, or or see cherry blossoms in bloom, I've I've heard it's quite a breathtaking thing, but it's over very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I I get I think that the metaphor that she's going with is like the you know the, the, her relationship as metaphor to the cherry blossom, and I for get sure. that. And yeah, the rest of it, I was looking for some maybe some discourse around this online. I didn't really find a lot, um, and maybe it's people just don't want to wade into that territory. But I don't necessarily know that like there's anything. Yeah, culturally appropriative, appropriative of about it. Um, but I'm also not the one to make that call. So, like, may, maybe there is. It it, it seems pretty tame as far as that. Sure, goes, sure. Though. I th- I think that there's maybe a, another song on here that would give more pause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I I overall I I did like this. Also the the verse, the melody of that first verse reminds me so much of this song. Um, are you aware of the artist Poppy, who is mostly a YouTube person, I think? I, I am, because uh, the the reason I'm aware of the artist Probably Poppy... Probably the same reason I am. <laughs> uh, well, I, for me, it was because I was listening to, like, a lot of... Uh, God, what, what's that, like... What's, what, what genre does Poppy live in? <sighs> like, robot pop or something? Yeah, whatever that robot pop is, I was listening to a lot of that because that was, like, my workout playlist at the beginning of the year and so there was like three poppy songs that like kept coming up in that playlist that's interesting the reason that i'm familiar with poppy is because our our mutual friend brad pike sent me one of her videos at like 3 a.m of of course well that (laughs) i i've luckily shut a lot of that shit down with brad pike's uh sending me videos at 3 a.m um yeah, there's just a poppy song called "Time Is Up" that the the melody really reminded me of a lot, which I I love that I love that melody. I love this melody. It, it's also interesting because like verse two is like a half verse, mm-hmm. like verse one. The, she Casey does that a couple times on this album too, which I thought was was very interesting. Because um, then you get like a you get like a nice song length, like you get like a nice three minute song length yeah. when you like kind of cut half a verse in in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I think this one sounds really pretty. Like it's I, I think it's. It's barely a country song, which is kind of her, her motif for the album at, at times. But I, I mean, I, have any of these been really country yet? You know, I, no. what is? I guess what is country? You know, I, I think this next one maybe gets into like because when I think country, I think two things. I think like nostalgia because mm. every country song in my mind is like 
about a better time and about like earlier days or like remember when this was great that that to me is like what a, a country song is about um and then twang like if you mm-hmm. don't you need nostalgia and twang and then you have basically you're in country territory yeah have, yeah have any have any of these songs had any steel guitar yet that's what we're <laughs> i don't i don't think so i don't think yet uh so let johnny let's talk about track four this is simple times All right, that is a little bit of uh, simple times. Yeah, and, and to me, that we, we get a little more country here just because it's like very nostalgic. That You know, I didn't think about this until I w- was just now listening to it this time. But like the, the lyrics are, or not the lyrics, the sound is kind of um, almost t- a tropical. And it this felt almost like a, a Jimmy Buffett type sound. Interesting. Which he's like, tropical country i would say <laughs> yeah I, I agree i mean it's it's definitely like that the tropical sound is that synthy sound in yeah this i well. love the synth in this because C- and again i think it's like maybe it's still like trippy still kind of dreamy like the 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 synth there's even like uh when she says put that game on pause there's like a little like mario mm-hmm. sound i don't know specifically mario but like a video game sound effect this this was this has like a just just like a nice sound um i I fucking love the mall. I can absolutely relate. Sure. The mall yeah. is one of my favorite places to be. Um, I will say this this song kind of was like the lyrics were a little like. Uh, I know I mentioned this song like last time we recorded, but it reminded me of that Eiffel sixty five song where they're oh, just God. naming PlayStation games, where she's uh-huh. just like, "Remember the nineties? Yeah, you know." And that's kind of the vibe I got from this, and I was like. Well, sure. Yes. I don't know. This this was another one that felt kind of like on the nose and a little like, okay, sure. Uh, I, especially the bridge part with I uh, heard about a rager. I won't be waiting by the phone so you can hit me on the pager. Like they really hit pager there. Like, oh, hey, remember pagers? Mm-hmm. Um, or she hits that. Uh, when I heard this, when I was thinking in, in verse two um, where she says, uh, I want to wake up on an island, throw everybody a peace sign. And it's so funny because this came out on September 10th and there was making the rounds was that that what uh, what a girl wants that Amanda Bynes movie that got mm-hmm. edited after 9/11 for her to remove her peace sign like the cover art has her doing a peace sign but they edited that out and put her hand on her hip to take away the peace sign because they didn't want to put like an anti-war message on the cover of the movie because that's how insane the culture was after 9/11 well, and these things I was, have gotten better oh yeah <laughs> But I was just thinking about that and thinking about how fucking buck wild that was. And then I started looking into Amanda Bynes. I was like, what's she up to now? And do you know mm. she also has a conservatorship? Like, I, I don't know if actually. it's the same story as Britney Spears. I actually didn't look any more into it because I was like, oh, well, this seems like a bad area. I want to walk away from this. I know she had some some rough times for sure. Yeah, it was. It, 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 it's what it seemed, um, which is, you know, again, we... <laughs> Child actors, not set up for success. Not in this world. Um mm. 
Yeah, and then the video for this, Johnny, we have not talked about this, but we are on the Patreon this month, a little later in the month, um, going to be watching the companion movie that was put out uh, with this album. And it feels like this video is just like a chopped piece of that companion movie, I, I understand. So I actually didn't watch any of the videos because I... I uh, I was waiting to watch the full visual that, album. That makes sense. Uh, we we will we don't have to talk about it because there's there's this is I I liked this video. This is kind of a fun one. But I did get the feeling as I was watching it that I was like I feel like this would make more sense in like a broader context of the visual mm. album thing. So um, smart on you for not watching this video. Um, but if you if you want to watch that uh, uh, view along party um, with Johnny and I. Go ahead and uh, patreon.com slash billbudspodcast. Uh, podcast? Billbudspod? Billbudspod. That's what it is. And we'll be watching that later this month. So I, I can't wait for that. That, that, should be, that should be fun. It's going to be a good one. It should be fun. It should be. We will try our best to not make it fun. Uh, Johnny, can we talk about track five? Please. This is If This Was a Movie. really like the like kind of late 90s sound of this one it's got that late 90s melancholy in a way mm-hmm. so funny because yeah I was talking just about how we are this like we're the product of you know our experiences and like viewing our like parents relationships and then viewing like media and consuming culture and a song like if this was a movie is that moment when you're like oh yeah like no relationships are like messy and fucking complicated and they just sometimes don't work out like they wouldn't like this is the third act of the movie and the fourth act is everybody gets back to or the second act third act whatever they get back together they they make up in the end or whatever and that's just not the way this turned out yeah yeah i love the sound of this the like the drum machine is like very like late 90s this has a lot of production on her voice too um which i really liked to give it that that like dreamy melancholy um but this this was another one where the the lyrics to me just kind of fell a little flat because it was just like if well if this was if it, it didn't feel um it feels like something that we've heard before you know what i mean which Maybe that's the point, you know. I I really loved the the beginning of this song. And by the stone in your pocket that's weighing mm-hmm. you down or the face in your locket that you'll wear all over town. I love that stone in your pocket that's weighing you down like imagery. The the chorus I would agree is kind of just like it feels like a scene from a movie that's being, you know, described. Yeah. Um and it, it is kind of that. It's like sometimes things in life like feel like the scene of a movie but they don't have the like resolution that the movie has and i get that sensation um but yeah i i I really enjoyed the song i I enjoyed it for its kind of like first melancholy slowness of the album yeah i did i did i loved the sound of this one okay johnny let's move on shall we let's talk about track six this is a little song called justified and yes this is the theme to the popular television show she really missed an opportunity because if if this had come out when that show was on the air this would be perfect for that show you know, I I was going to make a joke about uh, Good Wife oh. and the ABC show The Good Wife, and I looked it up to whatever, try and make a joke. 
It was produced by fucking Ridley Scott. The that Ridley Scott. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That is absolutely wild. Uh, anyway, yeah, every track on here is named after a TV show. Yeah, so this is uh, Justified, produced by Walton Goggins. <laughs> it was a fun, strange summer. I rolled on, didn't think of you. We lost touch with each other. Fall came, and I had to move. Moving backwards, hurt comes after healing. I don't know. There, there's not much to say about this song except 10 out of 10. This song is fucking stellar. I love this song. Would recommend to a friend. Would recommend Would recommend maybe that uh, a friend who's like, oh, well, that Casey Musgraves. Would I like Casey Musgraves? I might be like, you got to listen to Justified. That, that's a good entry point to you. Uh, can I tell you why you like this song so much? Please. This is Casey Musgraves saying, I want to make a Carly Rae Jepsen song. <laughs> Uh, is it because that Carly Rae Jepsen is only allowed to have fun, strange summers? Yeah, yeah. She's never, she's never just had a normal summer in her life. I had a normal summer. Well, no one when you're a millionaire, you can't have a normal summer. Well, it's all relative. That's true. Yeah, if you're with your cousins, that's what you meant, right? It's all relative. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- this chorus just sounded. It felt very Carly Rae to me. Um. But yeah, I I like uh yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a nice one, a nice fun strange summer. Um I like the melody a lot and this is another one that's like got that that kind of melancholy. Um it's like sweet and sad, but I I think beautifully written. This is also the first one where it's kind of like maybe it wasn't quite as amicable. <laughs> As yeah. we, I I had said earlier. Now that you're now that you're this far in, now that all now that now that all of his friends stopped listening, <laughs> uh-huh. let me let me fill you in. And we should say that dude is also a country music singer songwriter mm-hmm. as well, Rid- which is Ridley Scott. It's Ridley Scott, and, and the 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 power dynamic in their relationship is obviously you know she was way more commercially successful. Um, so so we'll kind of get into that later. But yeah, this is the first one where we kind of start to like. Not maybe not you know take digs, but we 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 really start like fleshing out exactly what this thing was and like mm-hmm. you know and obviously we're getting Casey's perspective here, but the album I think does a pretty good job of being kind of fair to both parties in a way. I just pulled up his Wikipedia article. It's it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah, it's I mean, like two paragraphs. Unfortunately. Uh, it's two paragraphs. That's not great. I mean, she probably has a two page, two paragraphs on her Wikipedia just about this album. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I love the lines, the pre-chorus lines here. Moving backwards, hurt comes after. Healing doesn't happen in a straight line. I fucking love healing doesn't happen in a straight line. I think mm-hmm. that is such a bomb fucking lyric. Like it is so fucking good. 
And then the whole rest of the chorus is just about how confusing this whole thing feels. You know, how confusing this end of a relationship feels. And I, I don't know, man. I think she does a really, really great job in conveying that. I also love, I love the word justified. I fucking... It's a good, it's a good I'm, word. I'm a big fan of justice. I love when justice happens. Um, so when when you hear about a word like justified, I mean, call me Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant? Oliphant. Timothy Elephant. Oil- Elephant. There it is. Because I'm justified. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I know almost nothing about that man, but I'm happy for you. Have you watched the show Justified, Johnny? No. That's a banger, man. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think Walton Goggins has great bad guy energy. I think he is such a Boyd Crowder. Oh, my God. What a good bad guy. What a good bad guy. I know Timothy Oliphant was in The Mandalorian. He was, was, yeah. Was he the one who was in that weird Netflix show about the zombie with... um, uh, Yes. Uh, it was either him. Yes, it was him, right? That's Timothy Oliphant. It was or not the it, guy who looks just like him. It's either him or the guy who looks just like him. Right, and I can't remember. Drew Drew Barrymore is the other one, and it it was Timothy Oliphant. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Johnny, I know you didn't watch the video, but I think this is a very good video as well. I, I'm excited I, to see it. I, I truly enjoyed it. I think that the um, the cinematography is very fun. It's not it's not something I hadn't seen before, but I think that they do a really good job uh, with the way that it's shot and the what it's trying to convey. I'll, I'm being vague, so I don't spoil it for Johnny, but I I endorse watching this video. Um, even I, I guess probably it's it's still it still feels like from watching it you need the context of the full visual mm-hmm. video thing, but. Um, but this one is very good. Uh, it's just kind of like her driving. Very good. Um, Johnny, do you want to talk about... Uh, oh, by the way, this song has so many fucking production credits on it. And this song is one of the more produced of the songs on the album. You really get this dichotomy on this album of which songs got a lot of production um, mm. focus and which songs, maybe not even attention, not even the right word, but just which songs like didn't need it as much. Right. Uh, v- very interesting. Let's talk about track seven. Uh, this is Angel. I think I've said on the show, on the record before, that I am not the biggest fan of songs like called Angel. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. there's only one song about an angel called Angel that is any good, and that is Shaggy's cover of Angel. Um, just a fantastic song, just a, a, a immensely fantastic song. But I really like this one. I think that I, I love how the the dichotomy of going from Justified, super produced to Angel, very stripped down. It's kind of just we just get a little bit of you know her voice and a light production. There's some thunder sound effects in the background, which is you know made me uh, Garth Brooks tingle. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that that's the third thing that makes a country song is yeah thunder sound effects. <laughs> 
Uh, but I, I mean, I love the chorus. I think that this is just a beautiful song. It's short. It's like just over two minutes. Um, it's a, it's a, it's placed in I think a very good spot in the album. Th- this, uh, this string of three songs is probably my favorite string of three songs in the album. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm into Angel. Yeah, you know me. The this is, um, this song is the the perfect ingredients for a Johnny Snoozer. And, and it was, but I do, I appreciate like where it is in the album. It definitely makes sense. And like you said, it's, it's like two minutes long, which is a, a power snooze, honestly. Right. It's a, yes, it's a, it's a power nap. Yeah. If you, if this, if you're going to write like a very slow song like this, that's the perfect length. And I, and I super appreciate that. Uh, and I do. Boy, I love those thunder sound effects. The it, thunder it, rolls, and I love it. <laughs> it's interesting too, Johnny, because you're right. Like this song could have been like a four and a half minute song, right? Yeah, and no, and no, I don't think anyone would have said anything. You yeah, know? except yeah. for me. Exactly. The only person fucking speaking truth here. <laughs> Speak yeah, to power. I th- I think that I think that um, more people could take a page out of her book when writing boring songs. <laughs> Fair. I think that's fair. Uh, let's talk about track eight. This is Breadwinner. I love this bass line. Yeah. Here's what he'll do. He'll play cool when he hangs out with a woman like you. Say he impressed by all your success. Tell you he's different than all the rest. You're going to give it all. If uh, if any of the songs on this album are like kind of like brutal call out songs, it's Breadwinner. I mean, like yeah. this is a straight up like this is a diss track. Yeah, it's a diss track. It's <laughs> there's no other way to say it. It's a diss track. Yeah, this one is honestly a lot of fun. I'm very very funny. I love I love the the plucking in there. It sounds um, great. This also feels much more uh, this sound is much more similar to some of her earlier stuff i think uh-huh. um and i i really i really like that i i prefer that i think um but yeah this is this is a great song and very like not even like veiled it's just like Ooh, no. oh this is this is the fucking deal <laughs> It, it it's it's so it's so I love I love this song. It's my second favorite on the album. I think um, this one is my favorite. It, it's it was close for my favorite. Justified, I think, is just I think Justified is such a good song. I love that so much. Um, but this one's close because it's it's got really it's got a lot of really cool production. Like the cor- the the last chorus um, where she's singing like anymore. I love the vocal production on her when she's like doing her own backup um vocals the bridge has this cool like clock metronomy sound mm-hmm. in it that's very very fun uh th- there's 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 a fade out there's a first fade out of the album but it's uh, it's a fade out there's no way to say that, that except that mm-hmm. it's a fade out um but it's also like brutal like she's telling she's telling like her, this is the one where she's like this is my perspective of what was going on and it's like 
I made more money than him and I was a more popular country singer and he didn't like that. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, what? Well, yeah. That seems to be something that did happen. Like, yep. <laughs> you're not lying. It's, yeah. You know, Jessica's always saying the same thing, that I'm a more successful podcaster than she is. and The only reason that I'm a more successful podcaster than Mariah is because she hasn't made a podcast yet. And I fucking <laughs> fear the day that she puts out a podcast. I'll be you know, ruined. And that's why neither of us selected Jessica or Mariah to replace us. Because we can't, the show can't be better once we're dead. And to be fair, they're going to be dealing with a mountain of grief. Uh, uh, yeah, know, oh, yeah. <laughs> a Garth Bull sized just <laughs> pile of grief. Uh, okay, a which is grief. We both die. You and I died together in, a, in an awesome car podcasting chase. Podcasting accident. Yeah. <laughs> car chase, podcasting accident. It's all. Well, we're trying to podcast while we're driving. Uh, <laughs> who's, who's sadder, Jessica or Mariah? <laughs> Oh, uh, God. I mean, I, I want to say it's it's got to be Jessica because she's just known you longer. That's true. And there has to be just a sense of relief from both of them, though, right? Like, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just kidding. Our significant others love us very deeply. Um, okay, let's talk about track nine. This is Camera Roll. Don't go through your camera roll So much you don't know That you've forgotten what a trip the way you can flip through all the good parts of it i shouldn't have done it chronological order and nothing but torture scroll too far back that's what you get One thing that I do really, really like that Casey Musgraves does in this album is she makes some of her like saddest ones very short, mm-hmm. like Angel very short, Camera Roll very short, and they're just kind of these like short explosions of a particular type of like sadness. Um, Mariah liked this album a lot, was listening to this album a lot, and she was like, Camera Roll is the one that she doesn't fuck with really because she's like everything else she can kind of like get into, but. She can't imagine. She was like, I can't imagine like going through my camera roll and you know just seeing like pictures of you and stuff. If if something happened, like it just, I don't want to be in that place. That place doesn't like doesn't work for me. And I was like, I get that. That's very nice. It's a sweet thing for you to say. This song reminded me so much of the song "Sad Songs and Waltzes." Oh yeah, um, which was originally by Willie Nelson, the other bowl pack and country singer. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, because parts of it were so similar, I wonder if it was, like, intentional. Because the content is different, obviously, but it, I don't know, it felt similar in a way. I just um, don't think that you get a Casey Musgraves without a Willie Nelson coming mm-hmm. before, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. it, it's like Weed Smoking Country Singer. Like, you can't live in that space without being like, oh, yeah, Willie Nelson. I mean, maybe you can say, like, I've heard of Willie Nelson and whatever, and just kind of move on. But I, there's got to be something there to that. Yeah. Um. And this one also, uh, it's weird. It's weird to hear. I know that like we've had like fucking camera rolls on our phones for forever now, but it's still weird to hear it sung about like this. You know what I mean? 
This is this is another one that I would put on my playlist of songs that would be funny to play a person from a hundred years ago. Um, if you got in the time machine and played it for someone who'd be like, "What do you mean delete them? Like, what is that uh, chronological order? Can't scroll too far back. Like, what do you mean? Did they have? When did the when did the deleting the word happen? You know what I mean. I do know what you mean, Johnny, and you couldn't be asking the wronger guy to <laughs> <laughs> answer that question. Let me ask you a question, Johnny, because this is one that I could actually, uh, pro- you'd probably be able to provide an answer for. Are you a camera roll guy? Do you go back through your camera roll? Do you like look? Because I know you're a nostalgia guy. I am. Um, usually, unless I'm looking for something specific, uh-huh. um, usually I, because my phone is like, hey, this is, you know, 10 years ago today sure. or whatever. I'll look at those. But I don't generally go look through stuff. Every now and then, like, Jessica and I will sit down and kind of be like, what pictures have you taken lately? And we'll kind of swap and, like, oh, okay. you know, cool. go through and see the last week's worth of pictures or whatever. And they're usually, I mean, we're both just in the fucking house all the time, so usually just pictures of Buster. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's true. You know, um, we'll, we'll do that. But otherwise, I'm not usually, like, scrolling like that. I- I would say 90% of the pictures I take are of my dog and 90% of the pictures I take are never even looked at by me. Like I'll send them to someone or I'll like put them in the group chat or something, but I'll, I don't return to them. I would say ever. So the whole idea of like scrolling through a camera roll to me, I'm like, I wouldn't even, (laughs) if God forbid something happened to Mariah and I was like scrolling through my camera roll, I'd be like, huh, maybe I should have taken some pictures of her. (laughs) Because I'm not, I just not, I'm not a pictures guy. Like, I just don't think to take pictures. It's never just been like something that I've been interested in. We're, we're a pretty big picture household. And when, when we go on vacation, we'll usually bring like, we have like a nice actual camera too that we usually bring to like take pictures of stuff. Um, Yeah, we're, we're real, we're real photo heads. Hey, speaking of a real photo head, uh, Casey Musgraves obviously won. So let's talk about her next track on this album. This is track 10. This is Easier Said. The, the back half of this album, I feel like, has a little... It's like a little less on the production side, even though this has some production to it. I really like the steel guitar on this one. Again, this one's short and sweet. We're, we're, it's like a, th- a three-minute song, and, and we're, we're in and out of it. Um, I, I think Easier Said Than Done is a great sentiment for Casey Musgraves specifically, who really blew up, you know, five Grammys on Golden Hour, which was kind of an album about being in love and falling in love type of thing. So it's like... It, it's funny to have that perspective on the other side of it of being like, yeah, it's easier just to make some songs about it than it is to like go through the fucking thing like that. That yeah. that to me is very interesting. Uh, I this one I really like. Just, I don't I don't know how else to describe it, but the, like the vibes of this song, it's just very like mellow, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, especially in the beginning, it's it had like a, another very like '90s feel that I that I really enjoyed. There's a lot yeah. of there feels like a lot of that, and maybe it is sort of like there is kind of a lot of nostalgia on this album, whether it's in um, Simple Times 
like in the actual content or just sort of in the music itself. It feels like there's a lot of like, I want to go back to a time when things were nicer. Yeah. For me. There's also just, I mean, this album, there's just, it, it, she does such a good job of being so like hyper personal, personable in such a relatable way or, or, or personable, personal, like she, she's talking about, I, I feel like I get a good picture of who Casey Musgraves as a person is from this album. Um, the, the first verse uh, I've never been scared of what I wanted to be, and you know me, I've never been afraid to shine. I built a rocket ship and I went to space. Even way out there, I kept my head on straight. Like, she's she's talking about how she blew up and she got, you know, she became famous, but she's tried to stay true to, like, who she was. And, and, and like, I feel like she is, like, a very practical and, like, kind of more like a logical person who who can kind of compartmentalize and put some distance there. So it seems like what she's saying is especially in a song like this, is like, I tried to stay the same and I feel like maybe you changed and I mm. wasn't like changing with you type of thing. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a it, for me, it's a really relatable feeling. And, and I, I really, I really enjoy the vibes of this, of this track. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think this is, it's like a simple, but it's like very, very pretty. Uh, all right. Let's talk about track 11, Johnny. This is hookup scene. You've got some I really like that bridge. I, I mean, it's it's very simple, but it's like the you have a song like this, like hookup scene on the album, and it's truly like minimal. Like, there's you can look at the production credits on this, but it's it's not there's not a lot going on with with this song, and I I really like that. I, I really like the change of pace from like the super produced songs on the mm-hmm. album to to the the more minimal, natural um, you know uh, songs. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I liked the sound of this one a lot. Um, this was another one for me where the 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 lyrics just didn't do it for me. Um, it feels it feels really just like not not really anything new here, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. pretty standard take. And the chorus honestly like bummed me out because it it was like, well, maybe you should just settle. <laughs> yeah, but the chorus also I found so weird because it was take it was like offering the opposite advice of what she did, right? Cause you, cause you know, it's like, hold on tight despite the way they make you mad. Cause you might not even know that you don't have it so bad. And I guess I get the sensation of like looking right. back at your relationship and being like, oh man, like there were comfortable, stable moments and this is so new and scary. And I'm like living this like different life and I'm on the apps now and, and, and all of that. Like I get that, but it, yeah, it did, it did feel like a little weird cause I was like, I, I felt like I get what she was saying, but she maybe could have said it in a way that was less like, you didn't do that. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, that really like, it just bummed me out. I was like, to, to, here's the thing. Divorce rules. Because if you're not happy, you should fucking get divorced. It's great that they allow that. Uh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And I, I don't know. 
I think she's probably better off. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know that, but you know. <laughs> well, I do think that's true, though. That like people who are not having a good time together, you know, there should be opportunities for them to like, you know, uh, end their relationship together. Obviously, if 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 two people like feel like they're growing apart or whatever, right? Like that, there is something good to that. But there's, you know, that that other sensation of being like. It's not 100% bad, and it's probably not 100% good, and you're mm-hmm. probably leaving a little bit of the good when you're leaving, you know, if it's 10% good and 90% bad, you're still probably going to miss the 10%, right? Like, yeah. that's still, you're not you're not going to be able to just, like, walk away from the tiny part of it that was good. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I, this one, less the subject matter for this, uh, for me on this one, and more just, like, the, the vibes of it, I, I, I did kind of enjoy, especially the, the production. Let's talk about... Um, Track 12, this is Keep Looking Up. Like if you if you played this for someone, you're like, what genre of music is this? They would be like, okay, this is a country song. You know, it's yeah. like you, you grew up in the sticks where there ain't no light. You're saying ain't. You're calling your father your daddy. Mm-hmm. Like there's 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 we had a lot of little uh, country yeah. you know points of interest in this song. I really loved the sound of this song. I loved the verses. I think that no one should be allowed to say head in the clouds, feet on the ground in any song ever again. We've we've said it too many times. Yeah, when she said, don't let the world bring you down, I was like, if you don't rhyme this with clowns, I don't know. I'm going to Cl- lose my shit. <laughs> clowns. <laughs> Ground doesn't even rhyme with down that no. much. Clown no. is a better rhyme. I like the line, Johnny. Verse two, she says, I've seen fire burning in the sky, things I can't explain. Do you think Casey Musgraves believes in aliens? Yes, absolutely. Of course she does. Of course she does. She wrote this album kind of on a mushroom trip. She, of course, believes in aliens. Do you, do you believe in aliens? Yes. Now, I don't believe a lot of, like, I, I guess, like, you know, kind of crank or crackpot conspiracies about aliens. There's a lot of really fun ones out there. But I believe, you know, the chances are good that there is alien life. Now, I don't necessarily know that they've ever come to Earth um, but I believe in the existence of like other intelligent beings in, the, in this or other galaxies for sure. Same, yeah. And maybe they maybe they have been here. You know what? The pyramids. That's all I'm saying. May, uh, here's maybe maybe we're all God's little hybrid children. You know. I hope so. God, I hope I have starseed growing inside of me. Um, yeah, I like to, I, I like to keep looking up. We're we're entering into a kind of like a hopeful. Yeah, uh, section chunk of the album, um, post hookup scene where we're we're beginning to get like we're ending on a high note, which I think is good. I gotta tell you that hookup scene probably was pretty rough during coronavirus too. Probably still is, dude. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. I would be terrified. But yeah, I'm, I'm imagining. You know, eventually people were just like, "Well, we can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait." 
Uh, I think the hookup scene's got to be a lot different when you're a celebrity, though, because there's probably, like, you know, there's the exclusive celebrity apps. There's all kinds of vetting involved. Do you yeah. think there are celebrity dating apps? There must be. There's Raya. Do you not know about Raya, Johnny? And The Last Dragon? <laughs> yeah, they hooked up. Oh, they met on the apps, yeah. No, Raya is, like, the app that's only for, like, models and celebrities and, like, famous people. And you have to have, like, you have to have, like, a, I don't know how it works, because obviously I'm not on it. But you have to have, like, a certain number of followers to get on it and stuff like that, like, social media or, like, proof that you're, like, a blue check or something. Yeah. Look it up. Raya, celebrity dating app. That's fucking wild. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't know. You don't Would think you want it? it? Would you? I don't think I'm on it. But I do keep getting all those texts. Would you... <laughs> If you were a celebrity, would you want to date another celebrity? Exclusively. Yeah, hmm. I think so. I mean, it's just like that your lifestyle as a celebrity is so fucking weird and it's hard to understand and you're like hours are so I mean, and it's like you don't meet organically like, you know, yeah. when Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal were dating, it was because someone's manager called someone else's manager and was like, you know what I'm saying? Like that that's just that's just that's the lifestyle, I guess. It's weird I, and superficial all to the core. I guess if you're gonna be a celebrity and not date a celebrity, you have to have been together Pre- from before you were a celebrity. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, it's just it, it, I, otherwise, I just don't think it makes sense. I, I I'm against it all. I think the whole uh, burn the whole fucking culture to the ground. I think sure. that the only thing that celebrities should be dating is the sharp end of a sword. <laughs> they should all be <laughs> guillotined. Uh, uh, okay, well enough out, enough out of me for now. Uh, let's talk about uh, track thirteen. What doesn't kill me. Like Yoshimi battles the killer robot. I'll say, Johnny, this is another one which was like high up in my contender list for favorite of the fucking album. I think this one fucking rules. I I actually I know that I said Breadwinner was my favorite, but I completely forgot about this song. And this song's obviously <laughs> my fucking favorite. This song is fantastic. It's so short. It's like two. It's just. It's like just over two minutes. It, it's. This is a song that I could have had longer. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And here's. Here's my favorite thing about this song, because a big thing that I've said, a big criticism I've had about a lot of tracks is that they're really cliched. And in this one, she takes a cliche and she does something cool and fun and interesting and different with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I, I love that. And I wish I wish that there was more of that on this album. I get I get why I, I totally understand that perspective. I, I love this song. I mean, I love its position in the album. This album tells a fucking story. And mm-hmm. so you you basically you can't you just gotta listen to it from the beginning to the end. Cause you get to the end here, and you know, this is the uh uh um it's not penultimate, but it's you know, the third third from the, the last track. Trenty. Um, Trent ultimate. Trenty ultimate. 
but th- this song is just like we're, we're we're moving into this very hopeful place. Um, I think it's really really well written. I think it's like it's it's beautifully done. I I I did love the fir- when I first heard "I've Been to Hell and Back," "Golden Hour," "Faded Black." I was like, oh. Because the golden hour is like you know it's it's the it's it's the time right before evening and it's like that is that that romance that can't end that or that will end that has this definitive end built in as the sun sets on it and it's like yeah I'm living in the sunset now like this is after that I I just I truly just love the that you know that symbolism yeah this this is a fantastic song it should it should have been twice as long at least and that's it. It's got some great synth riffs in it. It's got a mm-hmm. fucking banger of a bass line. Like it's, I I do love a leave them wanting more. Um, that is obviously I would always rather have that than mm-hmm. be sitting in that song for eight and a half minutes or something. I also love it when one of my favorite songs is is uh, at the end of the album because it's mm-hmm. like a little treat for for getting to the end of the album too. Um, it's 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 a little post credit scene. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about track fourteen. There is a light. Okay, love that fucking flute. I mean, why not? Two flute solos in this song. Fucking let's go. Like bongo drums in here too? Mm-hmm. I feel like this this song is like I don't know. This is like a whole ass fucking vibe. You've got flute and bongo drums. We're just like discovering pieces of music that we haven't seen. And again, we're in the the like truly hopeful part of the album, um, kind of talking about how there is another side to this. Like I'm going to get through this by going through it. And that's what this whole album is. This whole album is going through it. I, I truly, I, I mean, I love it. I, I, I think that this is a fantastic song as well. For me, the outro was a little long. Uh, I I do love all of the instruments. I love the flute. And this song, I felt like a real JPC listening to this oh, song. Oh, interesting. There, I think it's one of the drums in this song. At least on my headphones when I was listening to it, s- sounded like a phone buzzing. And oh. every like 10 seconds or whatever, I thought my fucking phone was ringing. And it wow. it was driving me bonkers. And it was like, it's like constant in this song. And I was like, I was losing my mind. That's, that's interesting. That's a sound that I don't think I would hear because I have, I, for as long as I've had a smartphone, eight years now, whatever, I've never had a ringer or a vibrate on. I always just oh. leave my phone on silent. I, my phone is always on vibrate. I never, I've, I haven't had vibrate since a flip phone. When there was an mm. option, when they first came out with the option to remove vibrate, I was like, good. I, never want to know that I'm like getting a call or getting a message or anything. The only time I have any ringtone on is if Mariah calls me, it will always ring if she calls me. Um, but, but that's it. Like I, I just, I, I don't like having, I don't like having my phone. Like, so how do you know when someone's calling you? I don't, I miss most calls. I, I have a voicemail for that. What? Who's going to call me? Who's going to call me? I don't know. I, I don't know. 
if I'm waiting for a call, I will sometimes turn my ringer on. Um, and there was a lot of times, and I also have like silence unknown caller. So usually if it's someone I don't have in my phone, it just goes right to voicemail. But if someone really wants to get a hold of me, they'll leave a voicemail or they're sending me a text. Message. How do you know you get a voicemail? Well, I'll, when I look at my phone next, I'll see it. But I love being able to turn my phone upside down and then it, go, it goes away. Like I don't have to think about anything regarding my phone. I have a friend who I, I'm in a group chat with this person. I won't, I won't out them. Good. There, it was, the group chat was kind of popping off. And then in the evening, they texted and they said, oh, I, you know, I usually don't check my texts until about 7.45 or 8. PM. And, yeah. And, and when, you know, when I see that there's a bunch of messages in this chat, I'm eager to see what happened. And the fact that this person doesn't check their texts until 8 p.m., you, I'll tell you who it is after we are done recording. I, you two can go fucking hang out and p- plan how you're going to murder everyone. Now, 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 Johnny, I will say I'm, I'm, my phone doesn't ring, but you know, you know, because you've texted and, and shit with me before. I, I'm usually pretty prompt with my responses. You are. Yeah. I, 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 I clear out my inbox uh, at the end of every day. If I forget to respond to a text, I truly do feel bad about it because I'm like, oh shit, like I did read that and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't respond. I mostly respond very quickly to everything, but I do it at my leisure. Like if I pick up my phone and I see that I've missed a call, the first thing that I'm going to do is go listen to the voicemail and try to figure out who called. Or if I have a text, I will answer it, but I just don't, I don't like to be like, oh, I have to do this immediately. I have to do sure. this immediately. You know, I don't even know the last time I left a voicemail. Yeah, it's wild. The only type times that people leave me voicemails are like if they're like a dentist confirming an appointment or something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, okay, Johnny, we, we got to talk about it. So let's uh, let's get into it. This is the last track of this album, the only cover on the album. This is Gracias a la Vida. La vida que me ha dado tanto, me dio I think also, Johnny, this is the longest song on the album. Oh, and you feel it. <laughs> it, goes, it goes through it. Um, I can't wait, Johnny. Let's hear your thoughts. Gracias a la vida. Mm-mm. No gracias. Um, this, I, this, this song sucks. And the, the song doesn't suck. It's a great song. I don't think she should be doing it. Uh, the first thing that I did when I heard this song was I typed... Does Casey Musgrave speak Spanish into Google? <laughs> and she does not. She, well, that's not true. She doesn't speak it fluently. But she, she does. She is learning Spanish. And she, she, uh, she, she I, I feel like she's farther along than I am with speaking the language. Sure. Yeah. I, it, I didn't need, I didn't need this. I didn't need this. It's too long. She, she learned a little Spanish to make this song. Um, 
which is, you know, just great. But she does think it's a beautiful, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but she thinks it's a beautiful language and she has a lot of respect for the language, um, is what she said. I, I, this, this is, uh, I mean, this is, this may be like one of the most covered Spanish language songs in like the history of, uh, Spanish language songs. Um, because it's, it's been, it's been covered a ton. I think when you're doing a song that has been covered so much, you have to make it like at least unique, if not like, you know, whatever. Like it has to be at least different from other covers. And I think this definitely accomplishes that, you know, very low bar of success and that she's like the way that it's produced, it like switches style several times. Like it kind of melts at points. There's like record popping. Like there, there is a lot of like interesting stylistic choices made on this. Towards the end, it does get kind of a little like spooky almost, which I did yeah. like. Yeah. The the record I, the record scratching is very interesting to me. And I was thinking about this when I was listening because vinyl is like a thing kind of again. But a lot of people, I I whenever I buy music, I buy it on vinyl. I have uh-huh. a a lot of records and I mean, a new record doesn't have those pops and scratches, but it's very funny to think that like eventually if you have this on vinyl and you listen to this song a lot, it will like have pops and scratches and like, like it will have the fake the... ones and then the real ones and it'll eventually be like, yeah, that's fun. Know, that interesting. Yeah. This, this, I didn't, I think there is a light is like a way better end to this album. That's it. I, I will say that I think if you're, I think if you're going to put one cover on an album, especially a, like a super, super famous song that's like been covered a bunch, it's it, slotting it into the end spot is a good call. Sure. Because uh, it feels like a bonus track to me. It feels like, I also like think that the the message of the song, Gracias a la Vida, Thanks to Life, is like a, it's like a very beautiful message. It fits thematically really well with this album. So if you ever cover this song, like this is a pretty good album to put it on. So I think there's a lot like working for it. I, I liked it. Now, if I was listening to this album over and over and over again, I don't know that I necessarily want to stick around for the five minute Gracias a la Vida at the very end. But I do think that as like a bonus track, an album ender, I'm more okay with it. I'm more okay with it being long. I'm more okay with it being like not the end of the album. It's someone else's song. I, I, I There's a lot of forgiveness that I can give this track. Okay. Well, you're you're a lot more forgiving than I am. I have a kind heart and we've always said it. That's what JPC stands for. Just pretty caring. As a guy, I'm just pretty caring, not totally. <laughs> but Johnny, that get that does bring us to the end of this album, and so we we you know we're at work. We have a fucking job to do. We have we to do. let the people know. People have stuck with us this long. Do we recommend that people listen to this album? And then, Johnny, there is a chance, there is a light, a chance that this album could appear on our top 100 albums of all time. So we must tell people where are we going to put it. I picked this album, Johnny, so I will I will uh, put it off to you to give your opinion first. Sure. I think, um, you know, uh, something that we talked about is that she wrote a lot of this. A lot of it was inspired by like a, a mushroom trip. And uh-huh. I think a lot of times when people do drugs, it's hard to relate that experience to other people. Interesting. Um, I agree. And I think that there's maybe a lot of that in this album where it's like, I was experiencing something. This is the best that I can do to get you to experience it. And I think it it kind of falls short there. And I think like, as far as breakup albums go, as far as breakup albums this year go, I think Olivia Rodrigo's was like a better 
more mature breakup album. This had this was this had a lot of cliches and just didn't do it for me. I would say go listen to um I would I I if you're gonna listen to Casey Musgraves, listen to Golden Hour or listen to um what was the other one? Same same trailer, different park. Is that what it was called? Um that was her first album. There was another one in between yeah. those that I can't remember. Well, and two Christmas albums. It, well, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I would say go listen to to one of those other two or three. Um, this one, this one just pageant material is the other one. Pageant material. That's right. Yeah. This one just didn't do it for me. It 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 fell flat, and it feels bad to say, but it did. Okay. The, uh, and I'm safe to assume that this isn't going anywhere near your top 100. Uh, number three. <laughs> Uh, I will say, Johnny, for my part, I think there two 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 great breakup albums um, came out this year, and I, I I you know I was into Olivia Rodrigo's breakup album as well. I think that I, I completely disagree with you on the maturity angle of it because I think that this is such a more mature breakup album. Not just because mm. uh, Casey Musgraves, you know, who, who is one of the reasons I, I love Casey Musgraves is because as long as she puts out music, we will be roughly the same age. So she's putting out music. You'll be the same age even when she's done putting out music. Exactly. Like Taylor Swift as well. Like these the, Taylor Swift's a year younger than me. Casey's a year older. So we're always going to be the same age. At, On average, the three of you are your age. Exactly. Uh, to, to like to as we're like experiencing life. So I, I enjoy that. I think that then I, I understand what you're saying and, and I'll I'll amend that. Okay. I'll say I think that lyrically, I think Olivia Rodrigo's is more mature. But as far as like the maybe subject matter, I think this is more mature. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't know. I I, I think that there are some there's some really strong writing on um this album. I think I almost disagree with you in the times that you were like, I found this cliche. I found it as an interesting tackle to a cliche because so much of music is cliche anyway right like you're just you're gonna get you're mm-hmm. gonna get that it's like an interesting angle on a cliche um but yeah i mean i i think i really enjoyed the uh the story that this album told i think i enjoy the amount of herself that is so present in this album but also if i'm just putting it on and listening to it which is you know when i'm when i'm i'm barely paying attention to music when i listen to it for the most part as well I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed like going all the way through. I enjoyed that three track like swing of uh, Justified Angel and Breadwinner. I really liked that. I really loved getting to the end and getting to those last three like hopeful tracks. Like there was just a lot in this album that was really, really, really enjoyable for me to listen to um, start to finish. I, I don't have any skips on this album either, which I was like, I I was very, very into it. Now, the one thing I will say, and I agree with you here. I think Golden Hour is like a better album, just even mood-wise, because I always think it's going to be more fun to listen to like music of someone experiencing joy than sadness. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of merit to like the beauty and the sadness. So again, I recommend this album to people. Uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, the discourse is pretty, uh, pretty new on this guy, but it's, um, uh, there, there have definitely been a lot of people who share your opinion, Johnny, of that, like, Oh, this is what it was, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really for me. And I think an album about like a, you know, a divorce is really not going to be. Uh, yeah, I didn't divorce the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even marry the fucker. Um, <laughs> but I will say, this is definitely going on my um, my my top one hundred albums of all time. I liked this album a lot. I I think I'm even like, 
I was going back and forth of like which side of top 50 it would end up on. So I think I'm going to throw this guy at 53, hoping against hope that I have not already thrown anything at 53. Johnny, is that still open? 53 is no longer open because it is now occupied by Starcrossed by Casey Welcome, Musgraves. Welcome, all lowercase, uh, with a hyphen. Welcome to the club, Starcrossed by Casey Musgraves. And uh, that that's a recommendation from me and a not recommendation from Johnny. So we are, for, very odd to happen on this show, but we are at odds here. Um, so, l- dear listeners, you be the judge. Yeah, I feel like usually we, even if we don't both put it on the top 100, we're usually at least in alignment with like recommending it or not. It seems like we were pretty much in alignment on our favorite songs of the album, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, maybe even like top three, but, but yeah, I, I, you know, this, sometimes this happens. Uh, and I guess I'll just have to talk me and Mariah. We'll just have to talk to Jessica about this album. And then you can I'll, just sit quietly and like, you know, fucking pet your cat or whatever. Hey, I'll tell you, well, first of all, that sounds like the, that sounds great. <laughs> Second of all, she, she was underwhelmed too. Oh, and she's a big fan. Yeah, both I mean, of Casey Musgraves and this show. It's a <laughs> she hasn't even heard the episode yet. Well, through the door, she probably has. Uh, but Johnny, we do actually have some show business that we must address before yes. before we close here, because the, closing this album closes the door on September, and next week starts something that you and I have both been looking forward to, and that oh, is. Yeah. Oct Weezer Fest. No, it's Weeztoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> it is Weeztoberfest, and Weeztoberfest comes but once a year, but when it comes, ooh boy, she blows. Johnny, I don't think we've announced, uh, but we we have made some decisions about what we want to do with uh, Weeztoberfest this year, yeah. its inaugural year. Um, w- would you like to share some of those decisions with our listeners? Yeah. Um, first and foremost... We're only listening to Weezer in uh, in Weeztoberfest. A whole month of Weezer. And second, uh, every Weeztoberfest episode will be on the main feed. Uh, we're not going to keep any of it on the Patreon. It's all uh, open season for Weeztoberfest the way Weezer would want it, I think. As we have said on this show, we have less of a paywall and more like of a pay bump, a uh, pay speed bump. Uh, <laughs> Because it's a it's a dollar, uh, and if you're a patron, we love your patronage, and please keep paying us a dollar for the month. Yeah, of we're never gonna we're never gonna not eat Garth Bowles and end the show if you don't <laughs> keep joining. Uh, so. But every Weezer album will be will be, that we are doing will be on the main feed. The other thing that we have to announce, oh please, oh well, and because in researching for Weeztoberfest, every Weezer album has charted, and they yeah. have a fuckload of albums. They have like fifteen or sixteen albums, and they've all charted. Uh, and so the other thing is, we didn't know how we were going to do this. We were like, how are we going to break these up? But, you know, this is going to be this podcast is a long term project for us. So we have decided <laughs> we're going to take these Weezer albums in chronological order. So for Weeztoberfest, you are going to be uh, gifted. I know the order. Please. Weezer, a.k.a. the Blue Album. Pinkerton, a.k.a. Pinkerton. Weezer, a.k.a. the Green Album. And Maladroit, a.k.a. Maladroit. Those four albums are going to be on the docket for the uh, first ever inaugural uh, <laughs> uh, Weeztoberfest, and we can't wait to experience those with you. Um, so if you're not a fan of Weezer, this is your opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and I don't remember why we agreed to do this, but we definitely did. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I Before starting this Weeztoberfest journey, I never really considered myself a Weezer fan. Uh huh. I like them. 
I like a lot of their songs. And let's leave it there. Because (laughs) (laughs) dot, 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 ellipses, we don't know what we will be on the other side of this We Sober Fest, but we're excited to find out with you. If you want to help support the show, you can always uh, throw us a buck over at patreon.com slash billbudspod. And with that, we tip our hats to you. We wish you a fond farewell. And we'll see you in Weeztoberfest, baby. <laughs> Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We go to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them bill buds. Real, real.